You're listening to the Beauty in the Network podcast, hosted by Jasmine Jones, licensed cosmetologist, bridal beauty team owner, and business coach to beauty pros and creative entrepreneurs. Tune in weekly for tips, tricks, and hacks on how to up-level your lifestyle, maximize your productivity in your business, and use the most efficient and up-to-date marketing strategies to get your business seen online without the burnout. Thanks so much for tuning in. Here's today's episode. Hey guys, I'm super excited to introduce you to my fellow Instagram friend, Miss Jody Brown. She is so amazing at what she does, and I am also excited because she is going to be an expert panelist at my October 11th Beauty Brains and Business virtual event for beauty professionals. Now, back to Miss Jody. Jody Brown is a hairstylist, social media, and branding mentor and educator for beauty professionals. She's been in the industry for 15 years and she helps others use their social media and online presence to connect with their dream clients and build a career in life they are obsessed with. Guys, I'm super pumped for you to meet Jody. Let's go ahead and get on into today's episode. So I am here with Miss Jody Brown and I am super excited for you guys to one meet her because she's also going to be a event expert at my October event, all about beauty brains and business. She's going to be talking about some Instagram tips. But before I get on, you know, my train about talking about her, I'm going to let her introduce herself to you. So Jody, thank you so much for being here. And can you just give us a quick overview of what it is that you do? Hey, Jasmine, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate um, you inviting me on the podcast today. So um, a little bit about me. I am a branding strategist for hairstylists. I also do social media management for strictly for beauty pros. And so I really, I really focus on your mindset and how you can create authentic marketing to really represent who you are and what you do. I love that. And I did not know that you did social media management as well. That's so awesome. Yeah, I do. It's really fun, actually, because I get to kind of get in there and um, help strategize for beauty pros. So, oh, my gosh, that is so much fun. So Mm -hmm. I'm super excited because one, I have just recently started having guests over here over on Beauty in the Network. And I'm pumped because you are a fellow industry professional. And I really wanted to ask you, how did you originally get into the beauty field? I know for me, I I originally wanted to have a salon suite doing cuts and colors. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, the last month of cosmetology school is when I found the bridal world and I've been on the bridal train ever since. But I would love to know how you got into the industry and how you found what your love is in the area. So I got into the industry at birth, basically. Um, My mom was a salon owner. And uh, this was back in England, where I'm from originally. And she literally was back in the salon two weeks after she had me. And so I literally teased on perm rods. I was (laughs) in, and this was like back in the day, obviously. So, um, you know, her clients would bend over and give me a soother while they were getting their hair done. And yeah, so I've been in the industry for 
as long as I can remember. Then we came to Canada where I live now um, and she owned another salon. So I actually did my first set of highlights on my best friend when I was 11 years old using oh a pencil to section and a box of Blondissima. <laughs> Oh <laughs> so, my yeah. gosh, I love that. <laughs> it's been a minute. Um, and then as soon as I finished high school, I finished when I was 17. And I uh, finished hair school just before my 18th birthday. And I've been behind the chair ever since. There was a little, I took a little foray into the sales side. Um, and then I found my passion behind the chair when I came back from maternity leave with my son because I the industry had changed. I was off for almost two years um, just because I could not find childcare for my, for my little one. And during that two years, that's when balayage became a thing. Yes. So it was like, I left the industry. Everyone wanted like to the scalp, blonde highlights. It was, that was my jam. And uh, I came back and all of a sudden there's so much new, like the glazes, the toning, like there were so many jumps in that couple years. So I really threw myself into getting educated on like blonding and balayage services. And I loved it so much that it became kind of all I wanted to do. So that's the point that I started teaching myself how to use Instagram to really market um, and just attract those dream clients. And that's kind of what brought me to where I am today. Just like a lot of trial and error and learning how to do these things. And yeah. I love that. And one thing that you said that I really find so funny is, you know, just in different industries and especially like online, you know, marketing and things like that, mm -hmm. um, social media platforms, things are always changing. So yes. it's so crazy that you said like once you got off maternity leave, like things were just like, like it was a whole different world and it was like, well, what, is, whole this? Other what is that? And yeah. You kind of like get in there and you're just like, okay, well, I need to learn it. And then you got like a, a like an itch for like the business side, the the sales side, and you getting into Instagram. So question for you, once you got off of maternity leave and you started to, you know, learn about balayage and learn about all of these new things that you found a love for, what mm -hmm. were some major mindset shifts that you might have had to adopt when it comes to adjusting to like how things are like a little bit different than what it was before than what you were used to? I think the biggest mindset shift for me was um, when I got into the industry, so this is 15 years ago now, um, there was a huge emphasis on the salon that you worked at being basically, if you worked at a great salon, you were a great hairstylist. Um, and the amount of years you had in the industry was what kind of defined you. Whereas when I came back and I'll also say like I spent two years in sales before maternity leave. So I'd been out of, I'd not been behind the chair for like three and a half, four years. Um, so when I came back, I went to a commission salon. It was brand new. So it wasn't really doing much to give me a clientele. And so I had to really shift into thinking about myself as a business as opposed mm -hmm. to just relying on the marketing of the salon that I was at, which is that was 100% what it was about when I first got into the industry. Um, and then a couple years into uh, probably a year in, I made the shift to 
shift salons as well and um, go somewhere that I had the potential to go independent. And the fear of failure, I remember, was so intense because I've talked about this before, but like, I think when I first got into the industry, the whole idea was like, if you stayed at a salon for a really long time, that was good. If you mm-hmm. shifted salons, that was bad. And you yeah. should like, so my big mindset shifts were kind of like unlearning all of these like old school, archaic views on the beauty industry and kind of giving myself permission to design my career the way that I wanted. Yeah. I love that. And you, there's so many things that I want to ask questions about based upon what you just said. But um, one thing that I just wrote down was you, you mentioned, you know, like the years of experience that you had, you know, people kind of like put that on a pedestal, like, oh, she's been, mm-hmm. you know, doing this for, you know, this many years and she works at that salon. So, you know, she's good. Right. And yeah. I feel like, you know, as we go into like, the new age that we're in right now in 2020, I have seen so many girls that have just graduated cosmetology school and start investing into um, business classes around, you know, just, you know, different things like you were saying, like balayage or cut and color highlights, whatever it is. And they have the talent of somebody that has been in the game for like 20 plus years, but they have had their license for like two months. And and the difference difference between that is just somebody who realizes, hey, cosmetology school is not really teaching you everything. They're teaching you, you know, how to pass, you know, state board really and how to like handle basic skills. And, you know, when you get get out into the world and it's like, oh, I want balayage. And it's like, oh, they didn't teach me that. (laughs) They didn't teach me that one. (laughs) Like, you want color, you know, like, but how so when you were you know shifting salons and you kind of had that credibility with you know the salon that you were at and the years of experience that you had when you decided to go um independent um at at another location um did you feel like you kind of had to work a little bit harder i know you said that you had like a a fear of failure did you feel like you had to work a little bit harder to kind of like make a name for yourself without the salon's name attached to you? Well, like I had come from a long, that's such a good question. So I had come from a long career of um, like working at prestige salons and that was the type of salon that I went back to. So Mm -hmm. there definitely was that fear of like, am I going to um, like lose clients? I, I felt, I truly felt in my soul before I made this decision that I was doing right by my clients. Like I knew the atmosphere had gotten just um, for whatever reason, had gotten almost toxic at the salon I was at, despite it being a beautiful location. Um, So I knew that this was the right thing, not only for me, but I knew this was the right thing for my clients, but it definitely did not stop the fear of going out on my own to another new salon too. Like this salon that I went to was brand new. Um, So, I was shocked when I moved to the salon and my clients were thanking me. I don't, I don't think I lost one. 
Um, That's awesome. Aside from, I stopped offering men's cuts. So obviously my men's male clientele stayed there. Um, but yeah, it was like, they were like, oh, we could feel like the tension and, you know, all that kind of stuff. They're like, this place is so much more welcoming. So it was so funny that I was so terrified to make this change, even though I knew that the environment wasn't serving me anymore. But I think it's like that comfort. Um, yeah. But as soon as I did make the change, it the reward was like immediate. So did I feel like I had to work harder? Um, I mean, yes, in the sense that like I was then doing my own scheduling, I was doing my own marketing, all that kind of stuff. But it was a kind of work that I felt very rewarded by. So it gave me kind of control over, over my own business. And I think that outweighed the extra work, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes total sense. And I think one thing that you were mentioning before that just kind of ties into that, um, you said um, you started to think of yourself as a business. And some of the things yes. that you just mentioned, like with scheduling and, um, you know, the environment, prioritizing that, how would you say um, starting to think of yourself as a business, how did that start affecting the way that you started to show up on Instagram and affect the way that you started to brand your own personal uh, uh, business? How are some changes that you kind of did that? Well, I think the biggest change was that I started showing up on my Instagram because um, up until, so when Instagram, uh, like, me starting to use Instagram and hairstylists starting to use Instagram started at the same time. So at the beginning, it was kind of, it was enough to just post a picture and that was, you know, that was pretty much good enough. Um, as long as it was a fairly good hair photo, then people would be like, oh my God, I love it. And it was new, right? So that was, it yeah. worked. Um, and then I, I kind of, I, you know, had these feelings. I was like, oh, I feel like I should share a little bit more. And like, I moved, so I should probably like show up so people can find me. And the response that I got when I started actually showing up myself on my Instagram, I thought like everyone's gonna think I'm a narcissist. Like why is this girl <laughs> posting pictures of herself? But it was the opposite. Like it, people giving them something to connect with. Um, and that is like, that's my number one ethos on branding to be honest. But yeah. yeah, giving them something to connect with. And that was me, obviously the face of the business was a huge shift and that light bulb moment um shifted my entire strategy so i that's when i began to think about you know showing up authentically and i like i had educated myself i'd taken tons of education on how to market yourself on instagram how to have a beautiful feed all this stuff and at the end of these courses i was like yeah my feed looks beautiful but it's it's boring and it doesn't represent me. So yeah. I think um, I think the moment where I, I just was like, you know what, I need to be me to find my people um, and just show up how I am. I think that is what made the biggest difference in my marketing and my branding. That is awesome. And one thing that I do agree with you that you said, well, I agree with everything that you said, but one thing that I totally <laughs> agree with is, you know, it's, it's, it feels so not icky, but it just feels so weird to show up and post a photo of yourself when you're used to like showing before and after of clients mm -hmm. and, you know, like the process of like a hair color or something like that. And it's like, oh, like, why are you posting yourself? Like, what's like, what's going on? And all these <laughs> things like start to run through our head. And yeah. I know one thing for me, 
uh, before I started to grow my bridal team, I would always try and have, you know, like maybe every like fourth or fifth, you know, picture, I would try and make it one of me. And yeah. when I started to show myself one, it got a ton of engagement. Because mm -hmm. people were like, oh my gosh, it's you. Yeah. <laughs> and then I really started like getting uh like getting more comfortable using Instagram stories and just kind of talking, saying like, hey guys, it's Wednesday. Um, we got so many leads from people mm -hmm. just who've been just sitting on our Instagram for a while. And it's because people can relate, they can connect, they can put uh, a voice and a face to who they're going to be talking to, who they're going to be working with. And that is something that I feel like not a lot of beauty professionals realize that yeah. they're just leaving money on the table if they're not confident enough to, you know, just put themselves out there. And I know for myself, when I first got out there, I don't even know what I was saying. I was stuttering and I was right? like, okay, <laughs> and uh, all right, cool. All right, bye. <laughs> and, but so you have true. to start somewhere. You have to start somewhere, even if it's cringy. But uh, yeah. I want to ask you, so I know a lot of people, they've been hearing you talk about marketing. They've been hearing you talk about branding. So in your own definition, what would you say branding is? I would say branding is what people say about like, what, what do you want people to say about you when you leave the room? Like, I think branding is the representation of you that because you don't get to decide your own brand. That's another yes. thing. Like your brand is other people's perception oh, of yeah. you. Right. So I think that's how I would define it. I think it's just the almost blending who you are into the work that you do um, in order to kind of form that connection with your audience. I love that. And one thing that I will say, so with my bridal beauty brand and my coaching brand, the vibes are completely different. And I show up completely different on, you know, both of them. And it's mm -hmm. because, you know, the target client that I, you know, tend to attract for my bridal business, their vibe is more of my girly side that's like buried under all of my tomboyish ways. Right. But, um, <laughs> but I, I create content and I show up, you know, specifically for them. And then mm -hmm. when I'm over on my coaching channel, that's more like raw, unfiltered, you know, slightly potty totally. mouth me. And, you know, <laughs> it's just more of a, like, I'm all about that, that tough love. So it's more kind of like in your face kind of style. Totally. But that's so true. You it's it's not about, you know, it is about who you are, but your brand is definitely not what you, you want it to be. It's for your client. So that's absolutely. That's awesome. And I think that's how like, I mean, for me, I'm okay. Like if if my branding, I know it's working. If some people are like, that's not for me, because like you need to in order to attract your people you also need to repel those other people and i totally get what you're saying like the way that you're going to show up and honestly the way that i show up now that um i'm working with other beauty professionals is a little bit different than the way that i showed up for just my behind the chair clients um because like your branding is kind of a mixture of like both your story and the story of your potential client right so mm -hmm. um and it's it's all it all works together it's there's obviously way too much to get into in one podcast episode but like the three main things that i kind of think about when when i think about branding is your values your voice and your visuals so 
a lot of people think just visuals. They think my logo, my, you know, my font pairings, my colors, which are all important and all super fun. But I think your messaging is just so important. And then also like your values. So that's like, you know, if you think of yourself as a business, you think about what would my mission statement be? What do I stand for? Like, what is, you know, and that'll allow you to make choices about, you know, is this opportunity right for me? Is this client a good fit? Um, because th those are the things that are going to shape your brand. And by really staying true and like treating your values as your true north, that is how you're going to build a consistent brand. And that is what's going to give people that trust in you. Yes, absolutely. 110%. And I feel like, you know, as creatives or even as, you know, beauty professionals, when it comes to repelling people, I feel like, you know, we, we're kind of like therapists without like the, the title of a therapist, you know, in our, in our <laughs> yeah. field of work. But I feel like a lot of hair and makeup artists, when they showcase their work, they want to let people know like, hey, I can do everything. And yes. they really don't want to like repel anyone because they're like, oh, well, I would be losing out on money if I don't post this, you know, fashion color when really I'm trying to, you know, attract somebody with like California yes. sun kiss, you know, balayage style, right? Mm -hmm. But, you know, getting like specific and having your brand's values, your voice, and those visuals, the visuals of what yeah. you want to attract more of Absolutely. is so key. And I feel like a lot of people, uh, they feel like they're putting themselves in a hole if they, you know, try and repel people away. Yeah. So and I think... Awesome. I think that comes from, um, I notice that a lot with like my age group and older because of the fact that that's what salon owners told us when we first got out of hair school. Like the idea of me walking into my first job and saying, listen, like I only want to do blonding. I only want to do balayage. It would have been laughable. Like back in the day, like I couldn't even be like, I remember I started the salon and I was like, I'd really like to have like Sundays and Mondays off because my boyfriend lives in a different city and I wanted to be able to travel to go see him. And it was yeah. like, no, no, no. Like we, like you have to earn two days in a row off. And I feel like that old school mentality is like, nope, you have to do everything. The client is always right. And it's like, no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not how it works anymore. Like, yeah. yes, you got to put in the work. Yes, you got to put in your time. But like, if you if you really don't like doing a service or you really don't want to work weekends, like start as you mean to go on. Yes, it might take yeah. you a little longer to build, but you're going to build the business that you actually want. Yeah, that. Yeah, that's just like, like, we can just end the podcast now because that was like everything. <laughs> My crap. <laughs> right? And I feel like one thing that I want to kind of like, like put in there is, you know, you told them like, hey, this is what like, if you went in there and you said like, hey, I just want to do balayage. I just want to mm -hmm. do blonding. You know, like I want to have this day off and that day off. Mm -hmm. I feel like if someone were to, you know, come into a business and say that, I would be like, oh, she's got it together. She knows what's yes. going on. She knows what she wants. So mm -hmm. that's how I would think. But I want to make sure that people, like if you're listening to this and you're thinking about going to a salon or working anywhere, going into a place and telling them like, hey, this is my specialty. This is what yes. I love. This is what I require. Like if you have little ones and you want to be off on Saturdays, say, hey, mm -hmm. I can work 
Saturdays, but I'm off at two. Like having your own personal boundaries and setting the standard for what you will accept and what you won't accept, that just makes people respect you even more because you're not just like, I'll take whatever, you know, like Mm -hmm. even though that's fine too, but just going in there and just saying like, this is what it is. Like, yes. yes. And I love the quote. Um, the only people that are going to have problems with you setting boundaries are the people that benefited from you having none. Oh, so absolutely. I would question like if I ever, and I just, I'll say it now. I don't think I'll ever work for someone else ever again. Um, I say that all the time. <laughs> yeah. I, I just, I don't think I have it. I mean, I fully admit I am a terrible employee. Um, I can't, I just can't do it. So Um, but yeah, I think like, you know, having those boundaries and having that self-awareness, obviously don't be, there's ways to say it that are, you know, that are professional. But I mean, if I was a salon owner and I had someone come in and say, like, like you said, I just, this is what I love. This is my passion. If I can get that like passionate driven stylist to be in my space and work her two days a week and work her magic and just pour her everything into her clients, that is going to give me a heck of a lot more successful business than just, you know, taking whoever will do whatever I decide to demand. So, yeah. That's so true. And I I remember uh, when I used to work at, um, you know, like blow dry bars in the area and Mm -hmm. I had a role that was like not even on payroll. I created my own role because I came in there and I told them like, hey, I do weddings. I can't be here every Saturday. I can be here as, you know, if you have a call out, I can do that. If I'm free, if I'm available, I love doing blowouts. I love doing, Mm -hmm. you know, updos. I'm speedy. You already saw my resume. Like, let me know if we can work something out. And at two or really three places that I did blowouts at, because I love blowouts. They're so much fun. But I was basically what you call like a floater. So I was never on the schedule. They would text me, hey, Jasmine, can you come in and work? And I would tell them yeah. yes or no and keep it moving and just come in yeah. and pick up my checks whenever. <laughs> like, How do you do that? And I was like, I set standards for myself. And mm-hmm. and I just told her like, this is what I'm available for and this is what I'm not available for. And people were like, oh my God, that's crazy. And I'm like, no girl, like try it out, do it, <laughs> do it. And the worst <laughs> thing they can say is no. That's what I right? always tell my coaching clients. Like they're like, oh, like I'm really worried. And I'm like, as long as you phrase it in a way that is like, you know, you're, you're, it, not, you're not coming off cocky, you're coming off yeah. confident and like, I feel like it, well, the worst they're going to say is no. And if you don't ask, that's the answer anyway. So, right. you know, my, there's nothing yeah. to lose. <laughs> my, my favorite cosmetology teacher, plus uh, one of my favorite uh, managers when I used to work a retail job, they both said this to me because I was so quiet and introverted. They said, you know, closed mouths don't get fed. And I was like, you're so right. You're so right. Oh, yeah. So that's that's my motto. I'm like, all right, I'm just going to put it out there and, you know, whatever happens. <laughs> it happens. (laughs) I love it. And that's how we connected. Like, and this is the thing about showing up too. like, if you have any, you know, like, I think most stylists, like, it's so empowering to find like community and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, like, we never would have known each other if we didn't show up on our Instagrams, because if I didn't see you talking that I never would have like that when you show up consistently, that gives people that comfort level to reach out to you because they feel like they know you. 
So that's the same thing with clients. If you're showing up consistently, they're going to feel like they know you and they trust you. So it's going to be that much easier for them to hit that book button or send that DM. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we've talked a lot about branding, marketing, some ways to set boundaries, some amazing mm -hmm. nuggets in this episode today. Um, to wrap this up and before I ask you about, you know, how people can connect with you if they want to learn more about what you do or mm -hmm. just follow you over on Instagram, what would be two quick tips that you would give a hairstylist or makeup artist or someone in the beauty field two quick tips on a way that they can start using Instagram to actually get a quick win in their business okay so I have two and um, these came to the, the top of my mind so when you are writing your copy when you're writing your captions when you're writing your bio any of your messaging I want you to reread it and think about it from these this sentence what's in it for them when you can start thinking I think a lot of us as, as beauty professionals are taught the features and benefits because that's how we're educated by product companies but your clients are not interested in all these like tiny little details what they're interested about is like I have flat hair will this give me volume I have mm -hmm. damaged hair will this make it healthy I don't have time to come into the salon all the time will this give me my dream hair with minimum time commitment so Think mm -hmm. about when you're writing your captions, when you're creating your messaging, what's in it for them. And then my second one, we've talked about a lot, but it is worth repeating, show up. Make yeah. sure you've got photos of you, hop on your video. I Even if, and this is something I, I always share with my one-on-one um, -on -one coaching clients, like if the first step is picking up a bottle of shampoo, pointing your camera, at the bottle of shampoo and doing a voiceover on your stories about why you love it, that is okay. Every step you take is going to get you more comfortable. So just push yourself and just show up. Absolutely. I love those tips. And I, I just did a workshop last night and I was talking the same thing about features versus benefits, you mm -hmm. know, and it kind of goes into like the coaching world. It's like, okay, like we can say like you get three calls and this, but what's really the transformation that they're going to get yes. from that service, that experience. Right. So Absolutely. I love that. Um, also the tip about, you know, just starting small, just do a voiceover. Yeah. You don't have to show your face, you know, straight out the gate. You can work your way up to it um exactly so that is awesome and before we go you've given us a ton of amazing tips how can any of our listeners connect more with you if they want to know more about your personal services you mentioned your coaching program and some other um other amazing things how can someone get connected with you so there's a few different ways. So you can find me on Instagram at it's Jody Brown. Um, I do also have a website where you can find some information. So that is www.jodybrown.ca. I'm a Canadian. Um, and then I also have a podcast. It is called the Hairstylist Rising Podcast. You can find it on Insta or on iTunes, on Spotify. Um, and like you mentioned, Jasmine, I am about to be launching a group program, Beauty Brand Bootcamp. So it is like a mastermind style group program. And that's going to be launching in the next few weeks. So if you follow me on Instagram, you'll get all the information about that. 
Well, that is so exciting. And we will definitely yeah. have all of those details in the show notes if you want to check out Jody and some of the amazing things that she has coming up. Well, thank you so much again, Jody, for chatting with me today and giving some amazing value. Um, if you are listening to this episode and you do not have a notebook full of notes right now, you are crazy. <laughs> so thank you so much again for joining me today. Thank you for having me, Jasmine. It was so much fun talking to you as always. You're so welcome, girl.